with seven to shoot. Hero, long three-pointer. Bang! Tyler Hero from way downtown! Good morning, happy Thursday morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm Zach Harper. This is Mo Dakil. This is Brian Smith and Jade Hoy Productions. This is the Daily Ding. And this is the Miami Heat going up 3-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals because, Mo, it's a little something we like to call hero ball around here. Tyler Hero went nuts. Absolutely nuts. 37 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists off the bench in 36 minutes. 14 of 21 from the field, 5 of 10 from deep, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Big performances all around. Tatum didn't even score in the first half, but he gets 28 in the second half. Just a lot going on. Some ugly shooting early. They picked it up at the end. But Mo, I I feel like Tyler Hero is the story of this game. No question about it, Zach. I mean, he has 17 points in the fourth quarter alone. You know, we're talking about a rookie. Like, he's 20. He's not legally allowed to drink, which means I think he's never had a drink before, Zach. I think he's completely sober and has never touched the booze. Yeah, that's how that works, for sure. Yeah, yeah, because he's 20. You know, he turns 21 in January, so eventually, whenever next season begins, he'll finally be able to touch that, and we'll see what happens. But the Heat are running plays for him, Zach, in crunch time. And it's not just that. Celtics had to double-team him coming off of a double-pick-and-roll, and he still was able to find Bam on the roll. Like, it's just impressive. Like, for such a young kid, the the moxie he has. Like, he hit that big pull-up three from, like, what, 27, 28 feet? I mean, like, that was just like, oh, no, I'm taking this shot. Just massive amounts of guts on him. It's funny because, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. This might be a weird way to go with it. But I feel like before the shutdown, right, Michael Porter Jr. was getting a lot of buzz. And I felt like a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to win them a playoff game, right? Like he's going to win them a playoff game. And he's he's been solid at times. Like he got hunted a lot on defense, you know, for much of the playoffs, but he's also like been a key contributor. I wouldn't say he's won the many games, but Tyler Hero has actually been what everyone was projecting Michael Porter Jr. to be. Like they are going to him late in games. They are going to him for for serious stretches. I mean, in, in game 3, you know, he had like what, like 16 points in a hurry in that game off the bench. And I don't know, like, I don't want to get into too much, like, cliche talk or anything like that, but Mo, like, this is stuff where, like, you look at him, and even if he's making mistakes, he's making confident mistakes, which is kind of a, kind of a weird thing to <laughs> right. say, but, like, he's not shying away from the moment. Like, I mean, he was, he was nails in this one, it, to the point where, like, when he didn't have the ball, I was kind of thinking, like, ooh, I don't know if this is the right look for Miami. Like, which is an insane thing to think, but that's just how it felt. It's just absurd. I mean, listen, folks, anybody who's listening, I want you to think of the rookie that was on your team this year. Do you trust him at the end of games? Because Miami trusts theirs. And that's kind of the thing. And Zach, he's not deterred. I mean, even after that big three, he shoots another one that was like 12 feet. Like, it was just way off. Didn't shake him at all. He could just continue to keep playing and keep rolling and everything like that. And at times, it looked like, especially early in the fourth quarter, like... Miami was like the guys were nervous. I mean, we're talking about Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, like those guys didn't look all that comfortable. And it's just Hero just saying, like, no, I got this, fellas. And once he started going, then you could kind of see the confidence slowly lift up with everybody else. Like, just a very impressive performance. Now, he's a rookie, means game five, he could completely suck. It's possible. Like, brace yourselves. Like, I don't want to go too far overboard, 
But this is that performance that, like you said, we would expect to see from a, you know, Michael Porter Jr. for all the hype that was surrounded him and things like that. This is the stuff you expect to see from the big name rookies, not a guy taking, you know, mid to late lottery. So it's just pretty impressive all around. But the other thing too, Zach, that I think, and this is on the other side with the Celtics, you know, what really kind of screwed him up was seven turnovers in the fourth quarter for 11 Miami points. They shot the ball well in the fourth quarter, 10 and 19, but they only got 19 shots up compared to 25 for Miami. I mean, that's just massive. That's a huge difference because you just look at that, you know, the offensive rebounds and, and Kemba like grabbed a key offensive rebound, right? Like they, they were both very active, but you look at that like six extra shots in a game you, you know, you, you lose by three points. Like, I don't want to boil it down just to that, but that is a big part of like, yeah, you lost because you kept giving the ball away. I mean, they had 19 turnovers in this game to to Miami's eight. In a game that's so highly contested like this, you cannot afford to make those mistakes. And then on top of that, you know, they got hot for a little bit and, and Tatum getting going in, in the third quarter. I think he had 16 of his 28 in the third quarter, he had 12 in the fourth. So he he showed up in the second half, but, you know, you go a whole half with no Tatum scoring, you go key possessions in the fourth quarter getting turned you know turning the ball over you just don't expect that out of a Kemba team you don't expect that out of a Brad Stevens team like it's just it's kind of bewildering almost yeah like it was really like stunning because especially in the third quarter like they got back into it one turnover like they understood it they took care of the ball that quarter they were you know 23 to 21 field goal attempts so it's you know they were just up two on Miami on that but that's where you want to be in that range and it looked like overall they kind of figured out the zone Zach I thought they were running great stuff out of the zone screening it and and finding opportunities for driving kicks and things like that it was when they all of a sudden stopped being aggressive like I, I put up a clip of Tice gets it at the elbow and it's like he never looks at the rim he looks first at Jalen Brown on the block doesn't see that and tries to throw it to Tatum and you know Jimmy Butler just happened to be in the way and that comes up right. with, you know, just, just just puts his hand up and gets the steal, right? Like that's, you know, that's where they kind of got into trouble a little bit with the zone. But, you know, overall, I thought they did a good job offensively with what they're running. I know people are going to come out and maybe criticize Stevens, but I thought their bigger mistakes were on the defensive end when they went away from switching and then started trapping. Yeah, to your point about the zone, I thought they actually got the ball in the middle of the floor and, and a lot of like basically two-on-one opportunities in the lane, right? Like I felt like they got a lot of that. And even like, you know, before Tatum got going, he missed a couple of shots like kind of in the middle of the paint that weren't, you know, they weren't quite jumpers. They weren't quite runners. I don't really know what they were, but he just kept clanking them. And I'm just like, you're getting the ball exactly where you need it to be. Last game, I didn't feel like Boston had had solved it. I just didn't. Like this one, I feel, I felt more like, okay, like they're getting really good looks here. Yeah, and the big thing, too, on the offensive end for Boston as well is, you know, look, in game three, 60 points in the paint, which was absurd to begin with, right? Like, that was just already a bit wild and crazy. But, you know, this game they just had 38, and that big difference in that sense. Some of it was just they missed shots, missed opportunities overall, like you were saying. But I just think they had it figured out, and now it's going to be interesting down three to one, you know, basically they lose the next game. They're going home. It's going to be interesting to see how Miami counters because I feel like even though they won, they they might have to change up some stuff in the zone. I think they do need to. Maybe I'm just like too saturated with heat culture tonight. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe I've, I've been snorting heat culture a little <laughs> too much, but I feel like Spo has something up his sleeve for game five. 
I think he always does. I love Spo. I think he's one of the. He first off, he never oh, gets. He's amazing. He doesn't get talked about enough. I honestly think he might be a top three coach in the NBA. We just never really talk about him. And this is a Miami team that no matter what is on the rise. Like this isn't. This is just kind of the beginning for them with with all the young talent. And Spo's an evil genius, man. Like. I think you give him a day, let him kind of digest it, go through the tape and see what he comes up with. I think I'm with you. He might have something ready to go a little bit. And it might even just be a small tweak where they, they, they fix something. And instead of staying zoned the whole possession, it turns it dissolves into like a man or something like that. But he's got something there with you, Zach. I, I don't think he's uh, just going to roll it out and be like, oh, let's do it again. We got lucky last yeah, time. See, yeah, let's see what happens, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm you know, just curious. Curious, like, you know, it's why my fr- friends call me Whiskers. I'm curious as a cat, right? Like, that's not, I don't think that's what Spoh's going to be going into game five. You know, Goran Dragic was awful in game three. Right, he was. I think he had 11 points on like two of 11 shooting. Uh, granted, you can't pull everything from this stat, but he was minus 29 in the game tonight. He wasn't terribly efficient. 22 points, but he needed 21 shots to do it. But it almost seemed to me like okay, he didn't have it going. He had a couple of big shots. He didn't have it totally going though. But the fact that he had a high volume of opportunities, like that wasn't the, that was the thing about Game Three. Not only did he was he ineffective when he had opportunities, like they just kept taking away from him. And this one, like, you know, it's a little bit of forcing the issue, but I felt like they needed to do that to kind of break through. Yeah, and I also thought Jimmy was really aggressive to start the game. You know, the first couple of possessions, they went to him to try to get him going as well. I think both of those guys trying to find their spots early to get everything kind of settled, right? Like, we're the veterans. Let's get it going. And and it's funny that it ended up being a rookie in the end to really kind of settle things. The game plan, it looked like in the beginning, was like, let's get our vets going. Let's let's kind of stabilize things and, and see where we're at. And, you know, him finding those opportunities, like, I trust that he's going to, he's not going to have too many inefficient nights. He's a hell of a player. Like, I'm a, I've been a big fan of his for a while. And I think he's kind of gotten forgotten at, and tell the playoffs this year where he was really stepped up so you know this is just one of those things Zach I think like you give him some time like he'll he'll find his flow I, I don't think he's going to be 8 to 21 again if he gets his those same looks I think a lot of them will go down I mean there was at least two or three different possessions where the heat got four or five shots off of one possession and just didn't and make didn't it score. but it was yeah but it was just kind of like I think they'd make some of those shots in in the next game like I wouldn't count on that being your your solid defense from there Right, and so, it, man, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to take stuff away from Boston because also Boston almost won this game. Like Boston was in this game, right? But I, I look at the three point shooting again for the Heat, and you know, ten of thirty seven for for twenty seven percent, and they didn't shoot well last game. And last game, I kind of just chalked it up. To, I was like, it, to me, it just looked like they missed shots tonight. It looked like they just missed shots again, Mo. And I, I don't know if I'm wrong on that. Like, I, it's not that Boston isn't defending well. I just don't know that I'm, you know, throwing all these misses as good defense. Sometimes I think they're just missing. Jay Crowder's as cold as it gets right now. He's one of seven. Might, uh, we might, we might be back to pumpkin status. I think he's turned back. Him and Marcus Smart might have turned back into pumpkins tonight. <laughs> right. You know, Marcus Smart, one of eight. They're competing. They were going to see who could make the least amount but attempt the most. I just think. You know, some of those shots were were makeable shots that they missed, plain and simple. And, and I don't know how long you can kind of depend on that. But overall, Zach, the Celtics for the past few years have been really a good three point defense team. They've been yeah, they're the, oh yeah, the standard, right? They're the only team that's been consistently in in the to, in like the top five, I think, in three point defense. You know, the last few years. Normally, it's like a rotating door because there's a large element of luck to it. So I'm not 
all that surprised. I'd have to go back and see how many of them were, were open threes that the, the Heat missed. But some of them, too, are guys you want shooting. Like, they'll let Andre Iguodala shoot from three. Like, that's not going to bother them. He's one from four, you know, and really he had missed his last three. So I don't think some of it's designed into, like, we'll live with these guys shooting him. Right, but also to that point, like, I guess should note that uh, non-Tyler Heroes went, uh, went five <laughs> for 27, right? Again, Hero was amazing in this game, but like, you know, the fact that everyone outside of Tyler Hero shot miserably. I mean, Goran was the next best shooter at three for nine. Like, that's just stunning. Yeah, no, it was a bad shooting night. I mean, Robinson couldn't find his flow at all tonight. Listen, I think he's just going to have so much extra focus on him. It's it's going to be hard. I think they're better off just using him as a decoy and let him run around and, and, and the Celtics are going to overreact to it. But I also feel like we're due for a massive seven, eight game made three from Duncan Robinson at some point in this series. Okay, so let's get to the Boston side of it. You know, what did you put Tatum's struggles in the first half on? I think he only took like six shots, right? I think he was 0 for six, 0 for four from deep. I don't think didn't get a free throw line. Or get, I don't think he got to the free throw line in that in that first half. And then you know, erupts in the third quarter, very good in the fourth quarter. Did you think Miami took him out of that, or was because I thought he just looked a little timid and I don't mean like wasn't ready for the moment or anything I just felt like he was indecisive there was something off it wasn't I don't even know how much of it was Miami to be honest like right yeah I don't I because it, it didn't it wasn't like you know Iguodala was just like all right clamps time right I mean Solomon Hill played maybe that confused him to the point where he's just having an existential crisis of why is Solomon Hill playing in this game his first question had to have been who because <laughs> like you know that was kind of stuff I was shocked when Solomon Hill came in the game because I was like oh yeah that's right he's on the heat you know but it just looked like he was completely out of rhythm they had mentioned it on the broadcast like he wasn't moving as fluidly as he normally does it was it was almost like he was sleepwalking through that first half and again I just don't think it had anything to do with Miami's defense I mean he was still active on the boards got seven rebounds but you know just didn't feel like he was locked in mentally and ready to attack the way we had seen him in, in other games in this series. So it was it was jarring. And at one point, I even texted our buddy Jay King going, Jay, is there an injury we don't know about? And, and as far as we know, there isn't. So it was just a, a question, though. It was just he looked so off, I, I had to think he was hurt. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that was a weird one for me. Um Jalen Brown had another really good game. I, I'm so, I'm just so impressed by him. 21 points, 8 of 14 shooting, had nine rebounds, four turnovers. I mean, I guess everyone was a little sloppy with the with the ball in this one for Boston. But so I said this on on the radio, and I I want people to walk with me on this because it's going to sound a little <laughs> a little off at first. But I I mean this in the sense of like I was doing the pregame show on NBA Radio, and and I said in the way that he compliments Tatum, it's very Pippin to Jordan esque. Right, like he'll just like whatever whatever the star is doing, which is Tatum, he's gonna do that, and then Jalen Brown seems to just kind of fill in the gaps here, which I felt like that's what Pippen did for for Jordan back in the day. Now I'm not saying again, internet, not saying Jalen Brown is Scottie Pippen. I'm not saying Jason Tatum is Michael Jordan by any means. But that's just exactly that what I heard. Super, that's kind of I am I am <laughs> saying that Marcus Smart is Judd Bushler, but uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I feel I just feel like he he adapts to whatever Boston needs him to be as what I feel is the second star of that team. Yeah, no, he's the perfect complement for that whole team, really. It, you guys need me to spend a game and, and lock somebody down? Fine, I'll do that. You need me to crash the boards? I got you. You know, you need me to be a bit more aggressive on offense? I got you. And let's not forget, even though he lost this game, that's a huge three he hit in the corner off the inbounds. And that that's a tough one because he caught it, you know, 
Hero did recover just in time, but he's still able to drain that shot. That's a tough shot to make, and he he hit it easily. And I think that's the kind of stuff we we forget about him from time to time. It's simple to lose him because he's not as flashy maybe as Tatum or things like that. His movements might be a little bit more mechanical or whatnot, but he's kind of just the perfect fit for this team. And I really think he's the quiet engine for this team. It's Marcus Smart's the loud, roaring, rah-rah guy, but Brown is the, the barometer because you just never see him panic and you never see him rushed or anything like that. And I think it goes such a long way. And I, your comparison's right. You know, Again, we're not saying he's as good as Scottie Pippen or, or Tatum's as good as Jordan. They're the perfect mix together. And I, I'm excited to just watch these guys grow together you know, as teammates for the next four or five years. Hey, speaking of growing, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy, Mo. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, you know, sun's in my eyes, ah, you know, it was cold out or it was too hot out or whatever, you know, we kind of make up excuses for this stuff. But let me tell you this, Mo, with Roman, it's easy to talk about erectile dysfunction. It's not that bad. No, it's not. It's something we should talk about. When it happens, it's okay to talk about it because you know what? If I get a cold... I said, all right, I need some medicine for that. And you can get medicine for erectile dysfunction with Roman. A real healthcare professional will prescribe real medication if it's necessary. It's safe, it's safe, it's simple, it's totally discreet, and it couldn't be easier. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. And if medication is appropriate in working with a healthcare professional, Roman will ship it to you free, two-day shipping it's discreet, it's straightforward, it's simple, and you do it by getting started by going to GetRoman.com slash AthleticNBA and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but there's Roman now. You complete that online visit, you talk with a healthcare professional, and you take care of it. And you do that, again, by going to GetRoman.com slash AthleticNBA today. If approved, you're going to get $15 off your first order of ED treatment by going to GetRoman.com slash AthleticNBA. That's GetRoman.com slash AthleticNBA. Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunks on the Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no dunks monogram, and I decided against the shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America. Or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. 
who had the tougher game in terms of impact? Was it Kemba Walker or was it Gordon Hayward? Both, I felt like, were solid at points in that game. Both were kind of lacking at points in that game. I don't know if I expect Gordon to shoot more, to play make more. I don't really know what his role is for Boston at this moment. Kemba started out hot. He had like nine points pretty quickly in that game. Uh, All of a sudden, you looked up in the second half, he had 17 points for the game. He finishes with 20, but defensively, just... It's just rough, right? And so I don't know what we make of that impact between Gordon and Kemba moving forward to Game 5. Well, for me, I'll put more on Kemba because it's easy to forget sometimes, but Gordon Hayward's still coming back from an ankle injury that had him sit out like two weeks, I think, at at minimum. You know, he he left the bubble even. You know, he's still working his way back in, and there's going to be an element of he's got to find his flow, he's got to find his rhythm, and I think that's going to take a little bit more time. He had a great return game but that doesn't always mean your next game is going to be so solid Kemba on the other hand he's so important for this squad you know it's it's a three-headed monster on this team and he's really important with his ability to get in the lane and penetrate and things like that but the Heat made such a concentrated effort to attack him defensively that you know if he's not producing like he wasn't in the second half all that well it becomes a problem you know it's, it's an issue that they have to really kind of attend to and figure out how they're going to be able to keep him on the court for what they need offensively, but hide him defensively. Jimmy Butler, did he have the quietest, like, 24 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists in Eastern Conference Finals history? Oh, I mean, maybe not in history, but definitely very quiet, Zach. There's been, I'm sure, a lot of clunkers in the Eastern Conference uh, (laughs) history. But, you know, he started out, it looked like this was going to be a really heavy Butler game just would you know how it started out I thought they were going to be like man we're going to force feed him all night there were times I mean he shot an air ball from like the free throw line at one point in the fourth quarter like there was some shaky moments there I mean I wasn't all that confident when he first went to the free throw line to to knock down those free throws at the end of the game I was convinced he was going to at least miss one of them and he nearly did I don't know what to do with that because it does feel like the free throws bumped up those stats quite a bit but I also felt like I felt like he played pretty well aside from that just a couple of bizarre misses in the fourth quarter like you like you mentioned like where he wasn't even close but you know he he makes enough plays for them and I really feel like him empowering Tyler Hero has has led to a lot of this it's just uh, yeah, that is a buddy cop comedy I am in for. Well, I think maybe it's a lot of the big face coffee kind of stuff. I think, you know, oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, Tyler gets his for free tomorrow, right? Like, that's a no brainer. That's got to be the rule, I think. You know, like if I, I think that's got to be the rule. If I carry you to the finish line, I should be able to get free big face coffee. Now, I'm very curious. Yeah, at least a buy one, get one, right? Something, man, or a punch card or something. I'm very curious as to what Jimmy's business model is for big face coffee. Now, that's a whole other podcast for another day. I. Just think, you know, the, the stuff that Jimmy does bring is an element of confidence where he does build up those guys, you know, and I think that's something we saw all season. And I think there's a, a willingness to defer at moments. Like, we've seen veteran players when somebody else is hot go like, nope, it's my turn now. Last three minutes, ball is always in my hands. And it says a lot, again, not just from the heat, the coaching staff side trusting Hero, but the players you know veterans you know Jimmy's been here for a long time Goran Dragic has been in this league for a long time like for these guys to just go like you got it kiddo go take it you know it, it says a lot I do find it a little weird that and you mentioned that Jimmy was you know pretty aggressive early like Boston was really trying to get the ball out of his hands yeah I mean well, some of it was because they were matchup hunting again getting Kemba Walker on the in the post with Jimmy you know it's like 
you have to send the double automatically. Like you got to come right away and, and then rotate from there. So I think there was an element of that to it. But there were even times where I felt like they didn't come and Jimmy just wasn't even that aggressive out of it. It was kind of a weird Jimmy game for me. Yeah, it was a weird one. And then uh, before we wrap this up, uh, you know, Mo, I, I'm not a petty person by nature. I don't like to dabble in pettiness by any means. I've known you long enough to know that's not true. Well, I mean, who's to say at this point? But I do remember me finding a, an anonymous scouting report that Bam Adebayo and Daniel Tice has, was a wash. Um, I found that to be an insane thing to say, and there were some Boston fans that were, you know, taking a victory lap, quarter number one of game one. Uh, I just want to update that tonight. Tice, eight points, nine rebounds in, uh, in 30 minutes, minus 14 on the game. Bam Adebayo, 20 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, two steals, plus eight so yeah definitely still a washmo bam is so good bam like bam's ridiculous bam's really good but i'm concerned with what looked like a, a hand or arm injury that he yeah, had he kind of he kind of when he got a deflection late right and it looked like it kind of got tangled up with tatum somehow like i don't even fully understand it but he kept grabbing at it and i was just every time i was just like this this is this scares me like we no, I don't want Bam to go out. Like, come on, let's figure it out. Yeah, so, not like this. So, let's not do that. No, like we can't have this right now. No more. No more. You know, we'll have to see what the reports are. You know, over time, but it, it's definitely a scary thing. Let me ask you this question before we go, because I know we're running out of time. Can the Heat win a game? Because that's all they need to move on to the finals. If Bam has to sit out, if Bam has to sit out, <sighs> I, I I don't think so. I don't know. It would take a superhuman effort. I mean, it, it, this would take like. Jimmy Butler is going to take the third stringers in Minnesota and win a win a scrimmage effort from him just in terms of being a big man. Like I'd put that at like a 10, 15% chance of of happening. What do you think? I think they could steal one. I think they can. I I I have I've not moved to Heat Island, Zach, but I am debating. Oh, oh, I think it's gorgeous. I've 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 it's gorgeous. I have definitely applied for my visa. To at least visit and let me take a look and, 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 and kind of kick the tires here a bit. But I think they could steal it. I, you know what? It's just, it's just a matter of toughness with this team where I almost feel like they'd be more encouraged if they you lost Bam. You're right. I'd like another Villa on Heat Island. Of course they'll <laughs> beat him. They'll beat him in the next game if Bam decides to retire. It's Heat Island, baby. That's what we're doing. All right, that's going to do it for this Daily Ding. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Uh, Make sure you check out all the podcasts across the Athletic Podcast Network. A very fun point of contention on the Athletic NBA show coming out today on Thursday. It's myself, it's Marcus Thompson, and it's Amin Al-Hassan from ESPN filling in for Ethan Strauss, and that was a very fun episode to record. Of course, Nerdish She Wrote is going to be out on Friday with Mo, Seth, and Dave. We've got all the team-specific shows. we got comment section. we got notifications for new episodes. We've got all that stuff for your podcasting needs. You find it on any platform or subscribe to The Athletic and get those ad-free on the website. And you get to, you know, do whatever you want with them. You get to comment on them. You get to you get to say hello to us. You get to read all of the great work. You get to do all that stuff. And I believe it's, I guess, guys, I think it's a dollar a month right now. I think there's a glitch in the system. That can't be true. That can't be true. It can't be true. You laid everything out. I thought it was $50 a month. And I still thought that would be Minimum, right? Yeah. yeah, minimum. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what, that's what I would assume. But no, I think it's like a dollar a month right now. They haven't fixed a glitch yet. So until they do, go sign up. Go sign up for The Athletic and make sure you get a get that $1 a month deal. All right. Thanks for waking up with us. Or thanks for going to bed. I don't know when you're listening to this. Thanks for running with us. Whatever you want to do. Please wear a mask. Please be safe. 
please uh, go out there and vote. Register to vote. Get your friends to register to vote if they haven't done that. And Mo, hit me with that sign off. Ding, ding. <laughs>